This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Women are shifting the way the world is built and run. And Keen Utility is helping them do it. By creating trades women tested work boots and shoes that are designed specifically for women's feet and vetted by real tradeswomen on the ground. Because having the right gear means you can focus on owning every job. Keen Utility. Tradeswomen tested. Visit keenfootwear.com slash tradeswomen tested. That's keenfootwear.com slash tradeswomen tested. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting with me today is Janice Janais and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of the 3-0 fallen loss to Manchester City. We have much to discuss during the show, but before I do anything, I always have to welcome my Cottage Talk co-host back to the show. First, Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? Feeling any better after one day? <laughs> I was just about to say, you know, it's one day after it, and the loss still hurts. I'm not going to lie, it still hurts. 3-0 is never fun. But, you know, I'm looking forward to going a bit more in-depth and, and reviewing the match. And hopefully that, you know, might be the next step into recovering from probably the worst exactly. of all the season so far. Exactly. What's great about doing this, it feels like we get closure on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to do the player rating show, so I'm not going to quite get my closure. But I think it starts the healing process. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's over to you. How are you doing, my friend? That was a tough match to watch yesterday. Get out of there, Warnock. Get out. You mong. Get out. Out. Ah, God, I'm freaking Warnock again. Angry cat. Um, <laughs> I tell you, um, it was one of those games where, you, you know, we, we conceded the first goal, but I sat there for 90 minutes in awe of, of possibly right now the best club side in the world. Man City was yeah. fantastic. Oh, they were. they were absolutely fantastic. They gave us a good whooping. And you know what? 3 nothing could have been 4 nothing, could have been 8 nothing. But those, all those games last year we fretted over and then the playoffs was the chance to watch our beloved team play teams like this. And that's we, – we, we can't lose sight of this. We, you know, we might get points off the top six, 
But when you get up, you get up against a team like this, it's just they're, such, they're a class above. And it was a, it was a joy to watch. And and you know what? For me, three nothing, three nothing. Who cares? Didn't expect anything beforehand, and we're entertained and hopefully good lessons learned for the boys. Okay, excellent there, my friend. Before we get into it, Max, back over to you. Just again, um, I'm going to give you a question. Here's a question for the two of you. Just a little topic, and then I'm going to read some commentary from Stuart Roberts, who was at the match. He's a great film supporter and listener to the show, and uh, he has some interesting thoughts on the match. But here's my topic for you. If you could choose one way to play against Manchester City, would you have chosen the way Fulham did it under Slavisa or the way Rafa Benitez did it with Newcastle yeah. United? Now, they've gotten a lot of plaudits for only losing 2-1 to one their way that they handled Manchester City. Which way, if you were in charge, would you have done it? Yeah, and, and I, th- I touched on this yesterday. If Fulham had the players, if they had the personnel, and if they had the playing style that Newcastle had, then no doubt I'd, I'd, I'd do the way that Newcastle played. I'd try to frustrate them. I'd try to be compact. I'd sit back, and I, I wouldn't try to attack except in certain moments. But we just don't have the players. That's not how Slavisa sets out the team. And if we had tried to do that, as I said yesterday, it could have been worse. You know, we could have got smashed by a lot more than the three goals we lost to yesterday. So in this situation, of course, it's going to be easy for people to say, who don't know Fulham? Why didn't they sit back? They're so open. They're they're so naive. They're going to get relegated because they don't know how to defend. But in matches like this, there isn't much other option for Fulham. And at the end of the day, we're not going to – our fate is not going to be determined by Manchester City away in the league. It's – it's probably the least consequential game of the year, in my opinion, because you're playing the champions. You're playing, right. as Yana said, one of the best club sides in Europe. There's no expectations here. And why not go out? Why not? Why would you change our style to lose? We're going to lose anyway. Stick with what we have. Slavisa learned a lot more about some fringe players yesterday, for sure. And, you know, we, we move on to Watford because that's, that's going to be the more important match in the, in the sure. long run. Okay, very good. Yana, it's over to you. I want to get your thoughts on this because I've given – some thought to this because I, I've heard all of these wonderful comments about how Newcastle looked at this and how that they were able to handle it and it only being two to one in Fulham again it could have been a lot worse than three nil. Which way would you have done it if you were in charge of Fulham? I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't want to play like Newcastle. If, if you know you're gonna, if you know you're playing City, you lose two one. You're still lost. You know, you think you're going to park the bus and you keep it defensive. I think it was brilliant yesterday. We came out from the off. Let's not forget the first goal. The first goal came from a really lovely sequence of passes. Yeah. An attacking corner one minute in. And then, yeah, they catch us on the break, but really only because of a mistake. I love the fact that we went for it from the first minute. As a coach, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm pretty cavalier. I, I, you know, and uh, it's attack, attack, attack. And... um yeah, we had nothing to lose yesterday. You just go out and go out and give it a go. Give it a go. Slava has earned the right to make his errors, to pick his squad, to set the formation, to set the tempo. Let him do it. So we lost three nothing. I don't want to. I don't, Newcastle are boring as crap. They're horrible to watch. We're entertaining at least, and I thought we were at times entertaining yesterday. And yeah. so we lost three. Who cares? Okay. All right, well, now I'm going to read to you the comments from Stuart Roberts, who was at the match. They're very interesting because I think it goes to this discussion on middle ground. Is there a middle ground here to adjust? 
So I'm going to read what Stuart had to say, and I think it's a great debate topic. So here's what Stuart messaged me. I just think he needed to adjust our normal style to allow a bit more cover, especially for the fullbacks. Plus, we needed to bypass their press more directly as trying to play through it cost us two of the goals. 4-3-3 just exposed us too much in games like this. Teams have to adapt to certain games and certain teams, and we could have played more defensively without parking the bus. That said, it's clear Slav will not do this, and I fully expect Liverpool will do something similar to us in November. We will see. This team needs until Christmas to fully gel for Slav to work out his best back four. I think he knows our best midfield and certainly front three. Frankly, I thought Sherwin Vieta did okay and caused some problems. Mitro was not his best, but he did lack decent service. Very interesting and glad I was at the game and didn't have to listen to the rubbish you had to endure on TV. Okay. Giannis, I want to go to you because, again, this talks about making adjustments, and I was thinking about this, and I look at a team that I follow very closely, the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots take advantage of teams that do what they do. I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going to understand this. And they look at their flaws, and they take advantage of it because they know exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do. Let's be honest. Fulham are one of these teams that do what they do. And a great team like Man City knows how to beat it because they are at a much higher level. So let me ask you, is there a way to make adjustments to not take away your style? Is there a middle ground here? I'm curious your thoughts on this and what Stuart had to share here. I like, I mean, I like Stuart's comment, uh, comments. Um, I, for me, we don't have the horses to do it yet. And, and let's not forget that we, we, we signed a lot of players. We've had some injuries. It's going to take time to gel, and it's going to take time for Slava to, you know, to really inject the sort of soccer that he wants. But to, but ultimately, I think you've got to have the horses that can counter the brilliance that is City. And I don't think I don't think we're quite there. That we're not. In fact, we're not there yet. Right. And that's the thing. Now you could argue that if you if you look at that midfield, well, if you look at the lineup, you could say, well, why play with three strikers when you can play with two? Right. Why play with four midfielders when you could play with three? You know, I know there was criticism. Why did Steph Cho play? Well, Steph Cho can't rot on the bench forever, right? Serig could Anguissa have started, perhaps. Well, McDonald has to be there because he's your captain. You know, let's not forget Tim Ream is injured, and that's a massive loss. So, you know, there's certain things that have to be in play, but I don't think we quite have the horses yet. Could we do it down the line? Yeah, but I think that um, Slava doesn't want to compromise the style that's won us so many plaudits, including Pep Guardiola. Yes, and we're going to talk about that. He had some very interesting things to say. He did. He said, "He said, you know, what a nice team to watch. They're going to stay up. If he says we're, says we're going to stay up, well, you know what? Best club manager in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and uh, Slava's gone for it. And unfortunately, really, you think about it, it's the first minute of both halves that has done us in. And really avoidable goals. So, it, it, you know, you lick your wounds and you move on. But I think it's it was a great experience. I I think to Stuart's point, we're not there yet in terms of the quality of players we've got. But I think um, given the January transfer window, maybe a few more players come in. Maybe when we play them again, there's an option there to try and balance that style. What would we need to balance it, Giannis? I think. Well, I look at that central midfield. Funnily enough. Um, 
I mean, Anguissa would have been would have been nice. I, I personally, I'd play a double hold holding central midfield. Okay. Uh, holders. That's just me because they just they can they can burn you everywhere. Uh, I think that would have made a difference. Then then that talks to the point of Anguissa should he have started? Right. Yeah, perhaps. But he went with the lineup that he thought was going to give them problems. And hey, credit. He didn't. Exp- I'm sure none of us expected to get anything there, to be honest. No. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Let's, let's be so. Um, you, you, you take your, you know, you take your licks, and um, we move on for Watford. Okay, excellent. There, over to you, Max. Your thoughts on what Stewart had to share, trying to find that balance, as Giannis was just talking about. Maybe we don't have all the players yet to do that. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it was a really good message um, from Stewart, and I agree with a lot of what he said. One adjustment I just would have liked to see is maybe just drop Sherlin Vieto and play a four-five-one. Yeah, you know, and maybe it's a four-three-three in attack. But when you don't have the ball, play a four-five-one. That's the main thing for me that would have been the perfect middle ground because it wouldn't have been changing our style that much. We wouldn't have been doing a totally new formation. We're just dropping the wingers a bit, and when we when we have possession, they can move up to a four-three-three. Um, that just would have been giving us more solidity, and as Giannis said, more cover on the wings. So that gets a very easy in-game switch that I think might have helped, but let's be honest, it wouldn't have helped that much. Um, and one thing I, I want to bring up is that, you know, Slavisa talked about how his training camp in Spain during the international break was going to serve as almost um, a way to re-solidify our defense and get the players who weren't on international duty up to speed on what we like to do. And if he didn't practice any sort of different formation, um, during that, you know, week, uh, week-long week break in Spain, you know, um, what, what were they doing? Yeah. I think that's a really good um, example of how rigid he is in his philosophy, which at times can be very positive and at times can have its drawbacks. Um, not necessarily saying that's a terrible thing, but did we try any new formations? Did we try any new styles to play against bigger teams? Perhaps, but as you guys mentioned as well, you know, we're not at that period in this team's progression. It's still very early on in the season. It's the right. fifth match of the season. We're not going to be trying new formations out away at the Etihad because that could have made it even worse, I think, as well. Well, it's an interesting quandary. Again, you're playing against uh, an exceptional team. And the reason why I brought in the New England Patriots playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers because it reminds me how they make adjustments. They know how to beat this team because they know exactly what to expect. So my thoughts are on this and why I'm glad that Stuart brought this to my attention because I was thinking about this. I don't think that you need to change your style, but I like what you just had to share. Maybe you can tweak it. And that's, I think, what Stuart's talking about. But to Giannis's point, do we have the players at this point to tweak it? Do we need just to focus on his style, getting that all set, and then the next time we face them, maybe that's the time that we'll be ready for that. But it's just an interesting situation because is there a middle ground? Maybe there is a middle ground. And uh, I understand where you're going on that, Max. That's why I wanted to bring this up because I'm frustrated just like everyone else. But I truly believe this. Regardless of how Fulmer set up the approach, if there was a middle ground, I still think Fulmer lose this match handily because that team is that good. And that's just the way I look at it. All right, guys, real quick, I, I want to just touch upon some quotes uh, from the pressers from both managers. Let's start with Pep, and I'll give this to you, Max. Okay, this is what Pep Guardiola had to say after the match, and you can uh, read this on London. Here's a quote from him. Quote, he said, quote, yesterday in my press conference, I said, I give a lot of credit to Fulham. 
Fulham ask a lot from us because they want to play and will do a lot of surprises in the Premier League, this team. Okay. Max, what are your thoughts about what Pep had to say? It's coming from a a pretty incredible source to have that kind of praise for Fulham after his team really tore them apart. Yeah, it's nice to see because he said they'll they'll ask some questions of us and I don't really know how true that is. I think he's being a little kind to Fulham. But, you know, I think we deserve it in some ways because I think he's respecting despite what some people might say about Fulham being disrespectful or other rubbish, he's respecting that Fulham came here and tried to play possession football. Because if anyone respects good attacking philosophy, it's Pep Guardiola. So I think this is his way of kind of saying, listen, Fulham, we're by far the superior team. We knew we were going to beat you. But listen, I like your style. I like your guts. And I think that style of play in the long run is going to suit you very well this season. And maybe, you know, in a home match at the Cottage, this kind of style against the big teams might throw some surprises. And, and I agree with that. I think, you know, this, of course, is not the ideal match to play our style of football, but it's a long season and there can be many other matches when this is going to pay off much more than if we set up like Cardiff every match. So I think Guardiola is definitely saying, you know, I respect Fulham coming out for the championship with a passing philosophy because that's what he loves so much. Okay, excellent. All right, Giannis, I'm going to now go to you. I'm going to share some quotes, again, from London from Silvisa. This is what Silvisa had to share after the match. Quote, we never want to lose the game, but it wasn't an easy day for us. How we start the game in second half wasn't easy for us to find something positive. The result is completely fair. They show why they are the best team in the world and show great possession of the ball and great attacking weapons. They were fast, strong, and played good football. We didn't find our best or perfect level, and without the level, it's not easy to play the football. Okay, my friend, what did you take out of those comments from Savisa after the match? Couldn't have said it better myself. We started uh, both halves uh, with a bit of a, a bonk, and uh, they're the, probably the best club side in the world with the best manager. Um, we we worked hard. It wasn't a B. They were the better side. We learn lessons. I mean, it's 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 the perfect thing to say. Really, you've got to you've got to say City were outstanding, and we tried to play football. Um, we succeeded at times, but again, I caution: what chance were we going to get to get anything up there? Right. Um, they, they're just a, they are a fantastic side to watch, and um, and Slava will remind his players and and probably tell them, look, that's the standard that this club aspires to. And you, as players, should um, aspire to, and that's it. Just learn you, to be the best. Sometimes you got to learn from the best, and right. uh, they are the best. They are, Giannis, and and that's what's interesting about this. And listen, I, I've seen several of my teams that I follow in many sports take a beating, and actually come out the other side a better team from it because you can learn something from it. The question is, can they learn something from it and take it to? the next match, take it to the matches upcoming, and then, of course, the next time they play Manchester City. Again, you can take positives out of a, a game like this. I know it's hard to look at it. And, listen, there were some positives moving forward, and obviously the play of Marcus Badenow is is a very good positive. So it's not all negative, but they lost the match. It could have been a lot worse. So I understand why everyone's pretty down. All right. Let's now talk about the starting 11 and, and the 18 overall, my friend. Giannis, I'll start with you. you know, we've we've touched about it in our opening thoughts a little bit. I'll just share mine real quick because I said I wouldn't have changed the approach that Savisa 
did in this match. I, I still stand by that. If there is a middle ground, I, I understand that maybe that's something to consider moving forward. But at the time of the initial reaction, I did say that I, I stand by Slavisa's uh, approach in this match. What I didn't say, and I'm going to say now, is that I was disappointed by the starting 11. Now, we all know that it probably doesn't mean anything in as a result goes because they probably still lose. But Giannis, I was surprised, and I'm glad that you already brought this up, that he didn't play in Giza. I was surprised by that. And I was also surprised by the fullback choices. Nothing against Cyrus Christie. I was expecting Mensa, and I was not expecting Ryan Sessignon at left back. And we could talk about Ron. I thought he did a nice job at, at points against uh, Sterling. But I think that there are questions about the starting 11, and we do talk about it on Cottage Talk. Your thoughts, your view of it. Yeah, and I'd, I, agree, I completely agree with you. And I'd also add to that, um, I didn't expect Steph Joe to play in this game, uh, especially in the midfield three. And I didn't expect, if you looked at the bench, that you'd only have, wait for this, one striker. That's right. And it was your friend of mine, Floyd Bloody Aite. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't, I, anyway, I scratched my head. But anyways, so that, I mean, there was that one. I mean, uh, Fosu Mensah not making it in, you know, Chambers and Le Marchand, um, Mawson being there, I understand. Obviously, yep. Ream's going to be a little while. Um, I don't know what Joe Bryan has to do to get back in the lineup. I don't get that one, by the way. No, I, I don't. But again, he's going to base it on um, what he's seeing on the training ground. And uh, we all know he's got a bit of a, a little bit of a love affair with Floyd Aite. He does. Um, for whatever reason. I think it's a bit dangerous to have a, seven players on the bench and you've only got one striker. But you've got four, four midfielders and only one midf- four defenders and only one midfielder. Which was an interesting one, I thought. <laughs> yeah. In terms of that balance on the bench. But having said that, He's gone with it. I had a good laugh when I saw the lineup because I thought, oh, Steph Joe in there. Oh, Lord. And he's going to be up against Bernardo Silva. Yeah. That could be it. That could, that could get ugly in a hurry. But then he's still got to give playing time to, to his squad. And that's the thing. And um, I expect the a different is, lineup. Was this the right squad. opponent to give him the playing time? Uh, no. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Um, I, I probably would have gone four four two. I thought Vieta did okay yesterday, but I wouldn't have yep. started him. And Gisa would have been in there. Um, I, I might have bought. Um, I might have put um, Chambers in there, and I think Fosu-Mensa. But then again, I can understand the notion of giving um, Christie the start. Yeah. And if you and if you're going to play four three three three, here's a thought. Switch Schurler over to the right so he can cut in on the left and then put Sessegnon up front and then put Joe Bryan a left back. Yeah. Yeah. But he had his, his little ways and means and um, maybe maybe he had uh, a couple too many Serbian vodkas on Friday. <laughs> I'm not sure. But you know what? It was an attacking lineup, to be it fair. Was. We had a go. And that's the whole thing. In, in the end, I'm being critical, but they still had a go with the, with the lineup that they had. Over to you, Max, your thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 overall. Yeah, and just honestly, to play devil's advocate here, um, how about we say this might be the best match to actually try out his fringe players because there's no expectations. If he had played Stefio against the vital game against Wofford at home next week, I think we would be all on his back and saying, what, what are you doing risking that in such a big match? But here, no one thought we were going to win. No one thought we were going to draw. Why not play Johansson? Why not throw Christie out there? 
You know, well, why not see what Sessegnon can do at left back to, to experiment? And in that way, that's my best explanation for the starting 11. Because I, I agree with everything you guys said about this not being our best starting 11. Um, but, you know, I think Skisa might have just seen this as kind of a free pass to see how to really get a better view of his squad. So I think he answered some questions um, about Christie, about Johansson, probably not made out for week in, week out in the Premier League. But I think we knew that. But, you know, he just confirmed it. Um, one thing about Johansson is that he's best known for his, uh, let's just say, aggressive challenges, roughing up players. You know, we've seen that so many times in the championship yep. last couple of seasons. Where was that yesterday? Where was the stuff, you know, you know, why didn't he go studs up on Bernardo Silva? Why didn't he take out Raheem Sterling? Why didn't he, you know, wh- where was this aggressive um, midfield enforcer that, that, that we know and love? He, he couldn't even get near these players. And that's what disappointed me the most because I just would have loved to see a you know, Manchester City player not make him go full strength and, and Johansson just run up from behind, completely take out his legs, not get the ball, and get away with not even a caution. You know, because that's, that's what he's known best for. That's what he does best for. That's very interesting that you share that, Max, because I watched an interview this morning that was done yesterday with Andre Sherla, and uh, he was talking about the match. One of the things that he kept talking about was the energy, that they did not have the energy that Manchester City had. So maybe that goes to what you're talking about here. Yeah, for sure. I think when you're chasing the ball the entire match, which is not something Fulham is used to, you get tired and you can't get near these players. And Men City do such a good job of just maintaining their space. When Fulham have the ball, I think another reason why we lost the ball so much is because they just cut off those passing lanes. They force you into making square passes. And once they have the ball, it's very difficult to get it back. So Sherla probably was very accurate when he said, we just lack the energy. We're probably exhausted, you know, emotionally and physically. Okay, excellent. All right, it's going to be a little painful. Let's go through the first half and let's talk about what's been going on, what happened yesterday. And uh, Giannis, I'll start with you. Let's just mention this. Fulham actually came out strong in the first minute. They did have the first minute. We have to give them the first minute because they looked pretty decent in the first minute. Beyond that, not so much, but they did look strong in the first minute. And uh, they actually had a corner, and then everything went bad after that. And it really started with a bad pass from uh, Jean-Michael Serri, of all people. Fernandinho uh, basically takes it and then sets up very nicely Sané for the goal. Let's talk about this whole scenario because, like I said, we have Fulham starting the match on the front foot and then get punished with a mistake. And this is something that you cannot do against potentially the best team in the world. Yeah, it's a sign of utter quality. It's a good corner, and the corner's gone to naught. But what's happening is that Seri's got caught. Um, we, we committed too many numbers up, and then he's in really in a position, square ball across where I don't think, I don't think he scanned. He's not scanned the field. He's not scanned the field. He's, he's assumed, you know, I think it was Mawson is there, and it's not. It's intercepted. Fernandinho, absolute quality, beautiful cross, nothing that Betts can do. Sane taps at home, and, and we've gone from an attacking position from a very, very good sequence of passes to being a goal down in 98 seconds. Yeah. I'm sitting down watching it with my wife going, oh, no. Oh, lordy. But then, you know what? That's Those are the mistakes that will get punished against a team like Man City. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, it, it's, it's a learning curve. Seri had the chance. Seri had the space and the chance to take it out wide to, to, the, to the right because... Um, um, because Christie was within proximity, I think 10 yards away. 
simple ball over the byline, he knocks it down, Vieto cuts across, but he didn't. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we got punished for it. And um, that's what great teams like Man City do. They do, Yanis. And it's funny because it's happened over and over in these uh, first five matches. We've seen it with Lamarchand a couple of times. We cannot get away with the things we got away with in the championship. And when you're playing better teams at such a high level, you have to be more careful, basically. And uh, this was a, a, a bad pass. And next thing you know, Fulmer down 1-0. And um, to City's credit, they kept putting on the pressure. They actually have an excellent chance in the 15th minute when uh, Raheem Sterling hits the crossbar, but Betts had a part in that. I thought he had a very good match. We'll talk about Marcus Bednelli throughout the show, I'm sure. And, Max, I'm going to go to you. Now let's talk about the goal from David Silva in the 21st minute. Again, talk about the whole sequence that led up to this. And uh, good goal, but here's my question to you. I've watched this back a few times. Doesn't change the result. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. But I want your thoughts if you had a, another chance to take a look at this. Because if you watch it, the Fulham players keep pointing to their arm. Did the ball hit his arm, shoulder, his chest? I've watched it a few times, and uh, it's close. It's close. But I, I want to get your thoughts about the whole sequence and the goal by David Silva. Yeah, it, it's it's close. You're right, Russ. But I think at, at this point, you have to give the attacker probably the benefit of the doubt. I think if that happened to a Fulham player, I would have liked to say, listen, just play on. And probably the fair result uh, that the goal was given. But you're right. A lot of Fulham players are protesting. The main thing for me was how easy, um, I think it might have been Johansson, who was beaten on the byline here, um, just really pushed out the ball um, and, and allowed the, um, the City player again that really good cross to Silva. That's far too easy. And then when the ball is kind of bouncing around in the area like that, it's very hard for defenders to react. But it, it wasn't great defending, but you know what, what do we expect out of Fulham, <laughs> to be fair? Um, one thing I, I would say about this goal is that you know, it, it, it was a killer because 1-0, you know, we were kind of floating by. If we got to halftime at 1-0, you know, there might have been some hope. But once yeah. it became 2-0, I think this was a goal that probably killed the match off. You know, oh, if the I first agree. one didn't already. Totally agree, my friend. And uh, listen, after that, we actually have a couple of opportunities to talk about for Fulham. You have Sherla actually have one in the 25th minute. It goes over. It wasn't really close. And then you have uh, shots by him in the 30th and the 41st minute. So we did have a few opportunities. And I think at points you could see Fulham style in the first half. But then, of course, we go back to Man City being dominant. And you have a save by... Marcus Bettinelli in the 42nd minute on on Sané's shot, and then, of course, in the 45th minute, a save on a Sterling shot by Marcus Bettinelli. And, listen, they were by far the better team, the best team. Uh, like I said, I keep going back to how excellent they were in this match, and Fulham were fortunate only to be down 2-0. Let's just say that. So before we talk about the second half, Giannis, I want to ask you this, because I want to put you in the shoes of Slavisa. You're down 2-0. Sure, you're going to talk to the team, and uh, there are going to be some harsh words at halftime. But he didn't make any adjustments starting the second half. I want to ask you, would you have? Uh, you know what? I don't think I would. Um, I, I think Slavica probably went in at halftime and said to the players, okay, what are you seeing out there? What are you seeing out there? Um, what are we doing well? What, what needs to improve? And then he'd have probably said, look, I need this and this. Because if he's made, if he makes adjustments at half time, yep. he is admitting in, in a, maybe in a few ways that uh, the selection was wrong 
And he's, one could argue he's showing a lack of faith in the 11 he picked in the first place. That's a so he's look, two goals down, and we're, you know what, we're up against the cosh. I'm going to give you the chance to, we're in a mess. I'm going to give you, you guys the opportunity to get out of the mess. I'll show faith in, in, in the selections that I made. Unfortunately, we were three, we were three goals down less than two minutes in. But um, I'm not so sure he'd have given them a bollocking. I think he'd have, he might have said, look, let's, okay. you know, we've got to simplify things and just make sure we're scanning the field when we're passing. And remember, one of the things that Man City don't get a lot of credit for is they're very, very good at closing space down. They really oh, don't, you know, as good as they it. are. Yeah, I mean, as good as they are in possession, they're, they're in many ways Stop just as good. Oh, absolutely. They work so hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just a shame that it was the first minute of both halves that burned us in the end. Uh, yeah. It was a tough way to start the second half, but you know these are the lessons you're going to learn. Absolutely, Max. Your thoughts on this? Would you have made any adjustments if you were Savisa, or, or do you understand based on what Janusz just shared there? Yeah, you had, there, there are merits to both discussions, I think. But for me, it was obvious you have to take it off your hands and put on Angisa earlier because okay. when Angisa came on, he gave us that solidity, he gave us that midfield drive that we needed. That's one change I would have made. Um, but at, at the end of the day. We can talk about these a lot, and I think it's fair to talk about them, but we all know that would it wouldn't have changed that much in, in the grand scheme of things. Sure. But, you know, maybe. Maybe we, we would have gotten a goal, and, and that would have made the whole away day worth it, I think. Well, again, that goes to the approach, Max. Do you want people that give you plaudits for giving them a tough game like Newcastle, or do you just want to stick with what you do and go for it and – go down in flames. And Savisa decided he was just going to stick with what he does, go down regardless of how bad it got and stick with what he believes in. So there are ways to look at that. And uh, I admire Savisa for sticking to what he believes, but I also think that on the flip side, maybe in future matches, he should consider adjusting a little bit. That's all. That's all I'm saying, making some adjustments. But I would not ever say to him, park the bus, because that's not going to work for Fulham. And I've had so many people say, well, why didn't we park the bus? It, it wouldn't have worked any better. You and I talked about that. They probably would have lost by a lot more if they did that, because they just not built to do that. So that's also an issue with this. All right, Max, back over to you. Like Giannis already shared, two minutes into the second half, we have the goal by Sterling set up by Aguero. I'll give you the uh, terrible honors of uh, talking about the goal. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so easy. It, and it was almost like the same as the first goal, that it just went in and you're like, wow, that was just seamless. Fulham didn't offer any resistance into this one. It's a low ball into the box. I think it, it, it puts a doy and, um, and Chris in a tough spot because their position, first of all, is poor to start with. So when you have a low fizzed ball that you're kind of, and, and they're facing goal and they're looking at it. So if they stick a fit, foot out, that's an own goal immediately. So they can't deal with it. Um, Christie completely loses Sterling on the far post, and that's an easy tap-in. And it, it, it's such a weird time to concede a goal, just like, the, just like the opening goal, because you've just started the second half. There's some, you know, a little iota of hope that Fulham has, and that's immediately extinguished as soon as um, the second half starts. And it made the second half really odd, because at that point, the game was over. It's 3-0 down. You still have 45 minutes to play. And City didn't really know whether just to pummel us or what they eventually did, which was sit back, possess the ball, and kind of save themselves for the Champions League match in midweek, which 
fortunately for us, was a great decision because it saved us, you know, from being on the wrong end of maybe a historical drubbing. But again, it was just kind of an example of how poor we were defensively and just how good City are because they made such a quality goal look so easy. Absolutely. All right, Yanis, back over to you. We do have Angisa coming on for Seri, which was an interesting substitution. And uh, your friend, Fuerite, comes on Fieto during the game. And like Max was talking, that uh, Man City basically went into cruise control for a good portion, I would say, of, of the second half. They were just, again, they could do whatever they really wanted. They were just controlling the play. But very late on, and I'm just going to mention it, Fulham actually have a few shots. Ayite actually had a shot in the 88th minute. In stoppage time, you have the shot by Mitrovic. Obviously, way too little, too late. And at that point, like I said, the match is, you know, way done, way before that. So yeah. I want to get your thoughts on, I, I guess you could say, the rest of the half, the substitutions, anything stick out to you, how Fulham played in the second half? Well, I mean, you, you, we were playing catch-up. I mean, I, I mean, Angisa coming on to me was a little bit of a mercy sub and I'm okay with that um it, it would have been a shock to Seri and and you know he, he looked like he was still you know suffering from that mistake in the first one it's you know it's 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 a rotten way to it's a rotten way to start to start a game <laughs> you're playing you know possibly the best side in the world um I thought I thought we were, I thought we were okay they had chances in the second half I mean it could have been six seven eight that yeah. was absolutely magnificent but these are these are lessons. These are these are great learning experiences. And I think, as disappointed as the lads would have been when they got back in the change room and back on the coach, practice tomorrow morning. You know what? It's the game's done. The game's done. You know, there's, you're going to look at game tape. The coaches are going to look at certain situations. What could we have done differently? Just a, a, a little recap, and then the next focus has to be, of course, Watford. And um, there's no such thing as a negative experience going to these top sides. For, I don't for think so. No, Cardiff City would have gone through the same thing. You know, I mean, they scored early against the, the Chelsea, but they lost four one. But they'll take they'll take lessons from it as well. Although I don't think Chelsea Chelsea to me are the same class as uh, City. But um, you know, it'll be a brief recap, and um, and then we we move forward. And uh, I'm sure the players who were on the bench are going to want to prove a point. And there were players that didn't play, that weren't even on the 18. Uh, camera, as an example. Yeah, wasn't, so wasn't there. Uh, no. No, and I think, you know, he's going to have some uh, he's going to have some selection headaches. And Watford's going to be an important game. They lost their, their first game of the season yesterday, but they've made a, a storming start. So it's, a, it's a game we can win. Well, I, um, I definitely think so. The only, the only thing that right now that, 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 would, that does concern me, unfortunately, is Tim Ream. Um, we didn't, I mean, we didn't see his injury coming and we don't know when he's going to be back and we do desperately miss him. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a little makeshift right now in the middle and, um, Mawson and Ream, I think would be the best two. If you told, said to me six months ago, Adoy would be starting games at center back. I might've laughed, yeah. but, um, we've got to find a way to survive at the back, um, before Ream comes back. Um, but overall, you know what? It was what it was, and, and we move forward. Very good there, Yanis. And, and uh, another talking point while we're talking about this, and then we're going to go through stats and man of the match, all that. You just actually rang a little bell in my head that I want to talk about this because I've seen a lot of commentary on this. And I actually agree with this. Does Savisa need to find his back four? 
Does he need a consistent back four? Mixing and matching, trying to find it, it doesn't seem to be working, Giannis. So I want your thoughts on this. Does he need a settled back four, or are we going to keep going through this until he does? What are your thoughts on on this? Should he just stick with a, a settled back four? Like you said, we don't have Tim Reams, so that's a factor I, like you mentioned. But he keeps changing it. Yeah, and I and I and I can respond to that. I think I okay. think he's changing because he doesn't trust the players that he has now in terms of where they're at in the process. So Chambers, obviously you had Chambers out and uh, Fosu Mensa and Brian. And I think before you get that settled back four, you have to have a comfort level in the back four as a unit so that you can play them consistently. And I'm not, and I don't believe he knows because I don't believe he trusts. And I think it's really that simple. Um, so you think he's still searching for it and that's why yeah, we I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I do. And I think, I think part of it, he may be dealing with is a um whether rightly or wrongly is the the Tim Ream injury has really hit him for six in terms of his plans. Because I'm pretty certain Tim Ream was going to be one of the first players in the starting lineup. And now one of your best player your, your player of the season last year is, is is injured. It's not what you you banked for, le- legislated for. And now you've got new players like Fosu Mensa and Chambers and Brian and Mawson who didn't play for Fulham last year. Now you're thrusting them in the limelight in the Premier League, and you don't really you don't know anything about the way they play. And practices are going to do one thing, so it's it's not easy. With a doy, he he stuck the devil in that he knew because he knows how he plays and he has a comfort right. level with how he plays. So it, there's that he's he's almost dealing with a little bit of grief, I think, in a way because he lost Reem. So he's got to have a comfort level with the back four he got he he he, um, he needs, and he doesn't have that yet. Okay, that's actually a very good way of analyzing that. Max, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's something that people keep coming to me about. We don't have a settled back for it. They're right. We don't. The question is why. And Yanis just brought out he's just still searching for it. He doesn't feel that comfort level. That's why Yanis thinks that Adoy keeps playing because he knows what he's going to get with Adoy. He might not know at this point what he's getting from these other players. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's Reem. Imagine any other player. Um, or any other team in the Premier League loses last season's player of the year for an undefined amount of time in the start of the season. That would devastate them. I think it's being overlooked how much we're missing Tim. It's our player of the season. This, this man is so integral to how we play, to how we defend, and to just get him out and, and we, for a mysterious injury that we really don't know anything about. It's just so disorienting, imagine, for all the players, for Slavisa, and for us as supporters. So I challenge any other Premier League team to lose their player of the season at yeah. the start of the season and see how it affects them. And they'd see, that's why we've been unsettled back four. Because Tim Ream's the first name in the team sheet last season. And okay. without him, we're look a little directionless, honestly, at the back. Okay, so that's where you think it begins. Not having him, it sounds like Giannis agrees with you that if he's in there, then everything else can work around that. But not having it, now you're just mixing and matching, trying to find a settled four, but you don't have one of the key components of it, Max. Yeah, and, and probably the key component of it. He's okay. season number one. Um, part of that defense, and you know, without him, where do we go? I mean, Adoy is not a Premier League quality player. I love Dennis Adoy. I think he's one of my favorite Fulham players, I'll be honest, but he's made for the championship. Yeah, and I agree with that. Starting Premier League games, look, it's a great success story, but that's not who you want at the back. Sure. Um, honestly, and I think Mawson has taken time to get to speed. I think yesterday... 
he wasn't terrible. I mean, you're going against the best attack, but he looked a little bit slow, and I don't think he's broadened us that solidity that we might have expected. Of course, it's early days. He's coming back from injury. But a lot of questions have to be asked in that center, center defensive area. Okay, very interesting because one thing I will say about Tim Ream is that he's a, he's a quiet leader. He's a leader back there. And uh, when you don't have a player like that back there that you can count on, that's where his leadership comes. It's, it's not what he says. It's just his actions. And I, I see why you guys are focusing on that. That actually makes a good amount of sense because then everything else can work around that. But when you don't have that piece, then you're just trying to find the other pieces and, and they're not fitting together yet. And uh, until you get that one piece back, we might be seeing a lot of that. That's very interesting. That's why I wanted to bring that up. All right, guys, very quickly on the stats. I want to share them to you because, again, I'm used to them being in, in the reverse. Here are the stats from the match. Possession. 65% to 35% in favor of Manchester City. Total shots, 28 to 9 in favor of Manchester City. On target, 9 to 3 in favor of Man City. Corners, 10 to 4 in favor of Man City. Let's see what else we have. Let's, let's just go to attempted passes. This is the one that really stood out for me. 731 for Man City, 399 for Fulham. Passing accuracy, 91% for Man City, 80% for Fulham, which isn't bad. So, Max, I want to go to you. What stands out to you from the full-time stats? Again, I'm used to watching foam, these stats being in reverse, especially possession. Yeah, possession is, is one that stands out, but also shots, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't know we got nine shots. How about that? I that's know. pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they, they, yeah, they got 28, but, you know, that's, wow. that's what stood out for me because yeah. I don't remember getting that many shots, but, yeah, that's a good <laughs> sign because we did have some attacking moments in this match that kind of get overshadowed. I mean, Sherla first forced a number of good saves out of Ederson. And, you know, our favorite player, Aite, actually had a decent opportunity at the end. So there were some brief moments of of, uh, of hope in the match. And okay. that's what stands out for me. Okay, very good. Giannis, how about you? I can't even count to 28. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's a, oh, just it was total utter domination. I'm surprised we didn't put that many shots on, on that. Um, but I mean, it's yeah, 91% passing accuracy is insanity, really. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, it is. It really, really is. Yeah, it just well, you know, we're not worthy. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And uh, you know, it, it, the, the stats bear out the result in the end. I mean, it's, it was what it was, and um, we we got the defeat that uh, I think everybody probably predicted. And um, they're just a, a fantastic side. Absolutely, there, my friend. All right. Let's quickly go to Man of the Match, the voting on friendsoffoam.com. I'm going to share it. It's still ongoing by the time we're recording this, but here are the results so far. Marcus Bettinelli is way in the lead. He has 54.4% with 86 votes. The next after him is Ryan Session with 11.4% and 18 votes. Then after that, it is Dennis Adoy at 8.9% with 14 votes. And then uh, there's Undecided. Undecided is actually at 13, which is 8.2%. And then you have Andre Sherla with 12 votes at 7.6%. But it's Marcus Bettinelli by a landslide. I'm just going to read some comments from Friends of Fulham off of this uh, poll here. And Twang says, Sess and Betts are the only ones who can be somewhat satisfied with their performance. Went for Sess. Fulham says, sorry, no performance worth voting for in that game. Betts could get a sympathy vote, I suppose. Bill, too, says, Cheryl, for me, says had a good game, as did Betts. 
Some were woefully outclassed. Tactics need to be reassessed. Okay. Born a Fulham fan says, Vieto for me, caused City some trouble. Think he's the only player that didn't make a passing mistake in the danger area and ran all the time. And Andy K. Sessignon showed up, the older pros, by his effort. One more. I'll just go to Sergeant Fulham. I voted Fiano, but forgot it has to be Betts. Okay. Max, your thoughts on the Friends of Fulham poll and, and any of the comments that I just read? Yeah, I think Sessignon and Betts were obviously the two standout players. Um, but Ben Nelly, was my, I voted for him for my man of the match. So did I. It's not often you vote for a keeper who concedes three goals as a man of the match, but this was undoubtedly the right decision. Um, I'm a big fan of Ben Nelly, and today I think he showed why he's our number one keeper at the moment. He is a player who can play in the Premier League. He can make amazing saves. The one on Sterling was superb. He has no right yep. saving that. Um, yep. That's an England international throw on goal. What a, what a great way to make himself big and, and deflect the ball on the bar. And he made a number of great saves. Um, low, to, low to his sides, um, commanding in the area. I thought he was really impressive. He couldn't do anything about any of the goals. So he's my man of the match, and that's one of the brightest spots this match. I think the England sure. uh, camp, the call-up, probably did him a lot of good, in fact, in playing with some of the best keepers in the country. And I think he's going to go from strength to strength uh, in the next part of the season. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Thoughts on man of the match? Who's voting against bets? I don't know, you know. Ipswich <laughs> is still bottom. I still don't have a job. Um, bets was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he might have been eight, nine, or ten. Who's voting for anyone else but Betts? Mind you, luckily nobody said nobody voted for Aite. Then I might have <laughs> the vodka. But Betts was magnificent, you know. Yeah, he was. And um, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, yeah. Oh, Did, I mean, does a pig have bacon? Yeah. Yeah, Betts. Yeah, Betts. Man of the match. Okay. End of story. Very, very good. All right. Guys, we have to end the show by talking about Slavisa. we got to give him a rating from 1 to 10. This is going to be interesting. So, Mr. Giannis, Gineas, I'm going to start with you. Give a rating for Slavisa for this match. Uh, I'm going to give him six, and, and that might be a lot higher than others. Well, I'm, I want to give him marks for the Cavalier approach and he, the way he went at it. It was brilliant. The team selections were <laughs> awry. <laughs> but um, you know what? Um, we tend to forget he's not coached many games in the Premier League, and uh, he's our gaffer, and we love him to death. And he's allowed to make mistakes. He's paid to make mistakes, but he's earned the right to make those mistakes. And uh, yesterday wasn't one of his his greater moments as, as a manager um, or for his team. But um, he's an incredibly resilient individual, and. Uh, I'm expecting a very good effort from the lads on, on Saturday. So, But I'll give him a six. Okay. How about you, Max? I'd probably say five. I thought the starting lineup wasn't great. Um, you can't fault him for the, for the tactics too much. Possibly should have played more of a 4-5-1 than a 4-3-3. But overall, when he leaves 3-0, I can't give him that high of a rating. Um, I love Slavisa, but today, yesterday was not his best day as a manager. He'll learn from this, and I think it, it really is – the basing is it's a, it's a learning experience for him. Yep. You know, we got thrashed and we're going to take these lessons on and maybe he won't change and maybe he will change, but now he has this under his belt. And when we go to Anfield, as I, as I think Stuart mentioned earlier on, we'll see what happens then. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this is going to be the same approach, if he's just going to do what he did against uh, Man City, or will he adjust a little bit talking about what you mentioned there, Max, maybe 
still keep his style, but adjust a little bit to how they play, maybe change the formation, tweak it just a little, not leave us so wide open, maybe. We'll see. You know, again, and I'm glad that Giannis brought this up. Savisa is still new to the Premier League. He's going to make mistakes. Will he learn from his mistakes? I think he will. So we'll see what he does moving forward because it's all a learning process. We never thought we were going to get anything from this. If anyone did, I don't know who you are because because I, I haven't seen many that thought we could even get anything of it. I predicted 3-1. to one. I thought we would score. We almost did score. So, yes, 3-0 is flattering. It could have been a lot worse, but that's the score line. It is. That's the score line. And I will just end by saying this because I would rather go down in flames, lose 3-0 or much worse than, as we talked about earlier, play like Rafa Benitez in Newcastle United against that team. I don't need the plaudits from other people. I need Fulham to get victories. They weren't going to get it here. They weren't going to get any point here. It's about building for the future. And this is a building block. You can get a building block from a loss, a bad loss, because you can now see what can't work against an elite team. So hopefully they will learn from this. Everyone, the players, Savisa, his staff, everyone should take some thoughts into what happened here and learn from it and hopefully not have a situation like this again. I think this is going to be the worst situation this season. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. All right. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. Mr. Janaeus, as we are recording this, you have a huge match, so many people will be listening to this after the fact. So I do want to wish you the best of luck with your team today. Thank you, sir. Um, Kickoff time is at three, and I've sent you the link for televising. Yep. Um, I'll be sending that up. Yeah. And I'm actually going to make a mention of um, a player that everybody knows, Latan Ibrahimovic. Um, he, he scored his 500th goal in competitive uh, footy yesterday against Toronto FC. And if uh, fans uh, can get a chance to see the goal he scored for his 500th goal, the only way I'm going to describe it is filthy. I mean, unbe- this guy is just an unbelievable... He's been an unbelievable player his whole career. It was his 17th goal in MLS this year in 18 games. But this goal is one of the cheekiest you will ever see. Un- absolutely unbelievable. So... Okay. It's testament to a person who looks after his body and plays at the highest level for so many years. Okay, excellent. Thank you for sharing that, Giannis. Max, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me yesterday. You can actually read everything Max has to share on the Brute Room. Max is doing an excellent job. It's a great website. I highly recommend it. My friend, thank you for doing this today. Thank you for having me. You know, it's always tough you know, after losses. I remember. Are you feeling season. better now? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better. Yeah, I mean, last season, what, we went – four or five months without a loss and now we're doing loss shows every couple of weeks but you know that's why we're in the Premier League to have the opportunity to play this time, kind of team so yep. this is a, this is a, this is a good thing you know and um as I've been saying next week against Watford that's gonna be a really big match and I cannot wait uh, to talk about that soon I'm looking forward to talking about that I'm looking forward to the match and I'll just share this with you I've watched Watford play I, I know Watford are getting a huge amount of plaudits they deserve it I like Fulham's chances I'll just leave it at that I think Fulham are the better side. That's just my opinion. One team is playing better right now. I think by the end of the year, Fulham are going to be higher up the table than Watford. That's just my gut feeling on that because I th- I think we have 
higher upside than they do. They're playing very well. I'm not going to take anything away from it. I like Fulham's chances at Craven Cottage. I think we're a different team at Craven Cottage, similar to how Man City are an extremely high team at home. Fulham are never going to be at that level. But at Craven Cottage, they can make it a fortress. I think you're going to see the team that play Burnley. I, I do. That's just – I believe everyone with that. I truly believe you will see a similar performance by Fulham that they played against Burnley. We'll see if I'm right. All right. Great show, guys, but it is time to wrap it up. For my co-host, Max Cohen and Yash I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.